You're listening to Not Real FM. I'm Youth, and we've got a very special episode for you today, featuring a live performance from an interview with Dream Crease, aka Marina Aguirre, aka The Witching Hours, ambient musician, radio host, DJ promoter wonderful it's a it's a live improvised performance um, in in my backyard with um, with birds and and chimes and it's pretty wonderful so stay tuned for that and enjoy first an hour-long selection of the hottest new dance music. Some good stuff in here today. Kicking it off with the mellower stuff. Hope you'll stay tuned to Not Real FM. Exploring transcendence through music and thought. Sao Polaire. It's called Ritualidad Ritmica. Very lovely.
my. I really love that one. That one's called Juno Cuts a Caper, new from Lucas Lehman. It's on a, I think it's a, it's a compilation EP or a split single with another track i forget what it's called but check that out for sure both tracks are crazy i just had to pick one you know and this here's new from deus mago and local suicide it's called tovathos tovathos i'm not sure but it's a lovely tune so get lost with this here at Not Real FM and enjoy new from Teos Mago and Local Suicide. It's Tovathos right here on Not Real FM. Exploring transcendence through music and thought.
Santorini out on Anjuna Deep man Anjuna Deep's just been doing a wonderful job recently and coming up we got a new one from Lake Hayes it's called That Rave Saved My Life and I, I really love this one check it out Clay Kay's wonderful producer. Some of my favorite, I guess we call it electro. Very moving, melodic stuff, you know. I associate him with C-Fax a little. Very different sound, but... Kind of a similar energy. Evocative. Sorry, alright, enjoy. New from Lake Hayes, that rave saved my life right here on Not Real FM.
Oh yes, turning it up a little now. This is actually an old one from Shea Damier and Ron Trent. It's just called A1 off the Kaboom EP. That last one's a monster. It's new from Hammer. It's called Wake Up Call. Really enjoyed the stuff Hammer's been putting out. Dig in, check it out. That's like a really heavy and nostalgic one, right? It's rare to get both. Anyways, stay locked and enjoy Not Real FM. Exploring transcendence through music and thought. a crunchy tune. Shea Damier and Ron Trent going hard on this A1 and we're coming in with a new one from Sampladelic. Not to be confused with the name of some of the D-Light remixes. This is new from Sampladelic. It's called Sweet Memories. And enjoy it here on Not Real FM. Thank you. 
chilling it out a little bit here. That last one's new from Lauren Sky. It's called Mutual Excitement is a Wonderful Thing. And isn't it just? And this is a new one from O'Flynn. It's called Talia. We haven't heard from O'Flynn in a little bit. Only noteworthy because he'd been so prolific immediately prior. So I imagine we got another album of material coming from O'Flynn. Looking forward to the rollout of that. You can look forward to the breakdown of this right here on Not Real FM.
That last one's new from Alien Communications. It's called Ozone 22. I'm excited about these lads, Alien Communications. They've got a LP of the label. I think I played one of their releases in the last edition of Not Real FM. They've got a full-length animated film that they put together for their for their album. It's very cool. Kind of CG visuals. Kind of remind me uh, reminds me of Beyond the Mind's Eye. Check that out. And this is a new one from Zilla's On Acid. It's from afar. The Vanessa Worm remix. So get lost with us here on Not Real FM.
Wow, huh? It's a new one from Nathan Fake. It's called Canyon. I always love when Nathan Fake aims for the dance floor and it seems like he's done it again with this new EP. That one's called Canyon with a K off the Sun Zenzo Shenzo XENXO Sensenxo. You know. Anyways, it's Canyon, new from Nathan Fake, and this is a new one from Overmono. It's called Echo Rush. Off their 12-inch out on XL Recordings. The inimitable XL Recordings. They're kind of the new catalog kings. Now that RNS has fallen. Check out XL Recordings, check out Over Mono, Echo Rush, here on Not Real FM. Exploring transcendence through music and thought.
you. That was no joke. That's L.A. Priest's remix of Automatic from Errol Alkin. What a beautiful working friendship they have. From late of the pier, all the way through to now. A life in music and friendship. Something we should all aspire to. As is this, this is new from CFCF. It's called night slash day slash work slash home. And it's off the album of the year, Memory Land. Dive in on Not Real FM.
Good lord, huh? That's CFCF. Where has he been hiding these songs? Anyways, that's the first hour of hot new dance music here on Not Real FM. And coming up next, we have an amazing performance from Southern California-based ambient musician, visual artist, radio host, DJ, and event promoter. Marina Aguirre, a.k.a. Dream Crease, a.k.a. The Witching Hours. For this performance, um, I set up some of my, my instruments in the backyard, auto harp, tambourine, kalimba, singing bowls, chimes, mics, and uh, Marina brought her keyboard, I believe a looping pedal and a mic of her own. And um, she played around for a little bit, and then we we recorded. So this is, you know, pretty much her first time playing with this setup. She recorded about a half hour of ambient music for you all today. So enjoy Dream Crease live in my backyard on a sunny afternoon. Here on Not Real FM, exploring transcendence through music and thought.
Wow, isn't that a beautiful performance? And that brings us to our interview with Dream Crease. Um, We're here with Marina Aguirre, musician, visual artist, DJ, and host of The Witching Hours, a weekly show broadcast on Bonafide FM radio station KXLU, exploring psychedelia and its participants from all angles, and an inspiration for the current incarnation of Not Real FM. Marina's expression has many incarnations and all point to that certain transcendent quality. Um, welcome, Marina. Oh, thank you, Tim. Wow, that was really, really nice intro. Thanks very much. <laughs> oh, of course. I, I, I mean it. Um, thanks for joining us here. Um, I guess to start, um, what was the, the last transcendent experience you had? Oh, the last transcendent experience I had. Actually, it was yesterday. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. I, um... I was kind of having a weird, rough day to begin, and then I decided to take my coffee outside and it started drizzling, which, as I'm sure you know, is a rare and beautiful sighting in LA. <laughs> Happens to be one of my favorites as well. So, um, it's been a while since I've heard rain falling on leaves, and I think that specific feeling of rain falling on desert plants is it's almost relieving and you can hear the plants just being really stoked and turning greener by the second so I think that's you just sit outside and absorb all of it as much as you can that was pretty nice wow yeah that would that would get me there too um that you say um, the desert plants being hit by the rain. Um, can you describe that sound a little more? It's so evocative. Things are coming to mind, but what was it like? Where did it take you? Yeah. Um, I, this is so hard to describe. I've, I'm not used to being on the other side of them. <laughs> I, I know. I want to ask about that too. <laughs> I haven't really like, I'm not used to putting my, uh, approach to the universe into words but um <laughs> i guess it kind of reminds me of i mean it, if we're talking literally it sounds like light tapping of fingers mm. as it falls and the kind of sound that it makes in the atmosphere i think is what really draws me to that experience where you're hearing the wetness and you're hearing you know the joy of plants and you can feel everything like growing and moving and I don't really know if that technically counts as a sound but it enters my brain that way um absolutely it does yeah <laughs> oh that's that's really beautiful I I can I can almost feel it um reminds me of uh some of my favorite transcendent music uh some of your music kind of approaches those kind of sounds um <laughs> kind of lush and uh, when you said the sound of fingertips, that, uh, yeah, very evocative. Uh, I know what you mean. It definitely does take you there. Um, where to start? Um, so since we started with, with, with sounds, um, I was listening to Naissance, your, your single as Dream Crease, and um, it's a beautiful song. Uh, it really really does its job um 
I don't know if it was the intention, but it, but it, it, it kind of takes me to that, that transcendent space. Um, and I wanted to ask about some of the sounds that you use. Um, it starts with these beautiful twinkly sounds. Um, and I associate that kind of twinkly sensation with your music um, and also your, your visual work. Um, what do you think it is about twinkly, sparkly, glistening is another word that comes to mind. Those, those characteristics that um, can help facilitate that kind of transcendent uh, mental state. Yeah. That's, um, thank you, by the way, first off, um, very, very sweet words. Um, certainly I think starting any piece with a kind of brain tickling sound that wind chimes or sparkles or any kind of maybe even jingly guitar, you know, like if we're going back to the rock roots. Um, but I think, I think it really is about tickling the brain and kind of just like, come here, like we're going somewhere else. Like open yourself up and don't be so serious and, and flow a little bit with the wind, like a chime or whatever, this kind of feeling like star dust or glimmer on the, the ocean or whatever kind of freeing sparkles come to mind. That's a good place to start, I think, with any any transcendent world or kind of world experience. I love that. Um, it's not exactly how I have, have thought of it before, but it makes perfect sense. When you said that kind of brain tingling, it makes me think of that, you know, that head scratcher? Yeah, totally. The kind of <laughs> spidery octopus. one. Yeah. I did a hand gesture, you know, the kind of uh, head clamp with the, yeah, you're <laughs> right. It is a similar sensation. Um, I think of when I listen to Laraji or particularly mm. those little nuts that kind of simulate rain. Um, it kind of takes, takes me there too. That, that's really interesting. The, the brain tickle. I'll, we'll, we'll give our audience a little, uh. a little more. <laughs> um, there's a couple of types of transcendent moment, uh, psychedelic moment that you'll hear in, in music. I think there's a, there's this kind of meadow feeling, a wide, expansive uh, sense of open space, recalls an ocean, recalls um, a meadow, a field. Reminds me of, you know, Pink Floyd or, or traditional New Age like Laraji or um, even Tame Impala uh, will approach these kind of escapes. And then there's the, for lack of a better word, the freak out, where it'll be a crazy drum solo and a crazy guitar solo and... Maybe there's a weird horn coming in, and that kind of produces a similar effect. Um, I've, I think you kind of flirt with both. I'll hear more of a freakout in in some of your work as a DJ, and certainly as a as a curator when you know it's both DJing, but on on the radio or in like a proper DJ set. Um, and then your music kind of goes more for the oceanic. Um, blissful quality um what do you think about that what do you think about how how those both kind of lead to a similar place yeah um that's a good point i think dream crease is definitely um it's something that i do by myself in in my room or whatever my my home studio and so when you're 
doing it by yourself and don't have access to a drum kit and all this wonderful rocky freak out equipment um it for me it took on more of a pacific chill vibe um but i definitely satiate that need to freak out um with other projects and other uh performances um kind of like that djing uh, where I do live sonic collage with pedals and effects and records or tape this time. But um, I think it's important to have both. I think they both release a kind of bliss that you don't get on a day-to-day basis. It's kind of like moshing, which is something that I didn't... <laughs> I haven't missed for many, many years, but I think with quarantine this past year, I've just been like really needing it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I need to get get in the crowd and and run around a bit and get tossed around. And there's something I mean, not to go on I could talk about the the pit forever, but there's something really releasing about being in a pit um that kind of allows for the space to freak out and it's kind of expected obviously. So it's really the same kind of escapist uh, therapeutic <laughs> element uh, it, one's just the fire side and one's the water side uh, wow yeah absolutely um, I hadn't remembered that feeling of, of being lost in a pit in a while um, I, I remember so well I think the first time was an Aquabat show where I just you just become one with this crowd and you're absolutely right. It is very similar to a place I can get to lying on my rug listening to a great ambient record. There's a real link there. You said you could talk forever. I'm going to ask for just a little more. Uh, tell me <laughs> t- tell me about Transcending in the Pit. Um, do you have a story? Do, do, when you close your eyes, you think of the pit. Where do you go? What's it like? Oh, my gosh. I, I think every time I think of a pit, I just have a collage of fantastic memories put together. Um... The first one I can think of is uh, I was in high school and I grew up in San Diego, so there's not really a whole lot to do <laughs> music-wise unless you're really into like ska or emo, um, which nothing against that, but it was obviously not my like, I wasn't drawn to that, but I went. I went to emo shows all the time and I'd frequent this spot called Soma, which I think is still open. I hope so. Um, They were the only spot that allowed under 21 people to go. So it was like the place to go out on the weekend if you wanted to do something fun and chain smoke cigarettes without your mom knowing or whatever. Totally. That's the smell here in LA, I think. Yeah, that's pretty much. Yeah, that's the smell here. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Except like even grimier. Like it's grimier than the smell. Um, Yeah. Yeah, that's all I'll say because I love it. It's an endearing spot. I really do. And I've spent many great moments there. But one of my first mosh pits there, I think I was watching like The Pretty Reckless. <laughs> um, and I got swallowed up in the pit and I was literally levitating. Like my body was not touching the ground. <laughs> I'm a short person, so <laughs> that happens a lot in the pit. <laughs> Uh, and you're just kind of like, whatever, I just got to take it. And it's a really great lesson in going with the flow. Um, another one that I remember was the OCs at FYF Fest, which 
we don't like to talk it about anymore. But this specific <laughs> memory was amazing. Um, it was like after the Sunday headliner, so everyone was kind of leaving, and the OCs was left. And it was in this tent, and the crowd there was so fun. Again, just like totally ripping everyone going crazy. Obviously, it's the OCs. Um, and I got knocked down, and all my bracelets flew off. And these people just like stopped the pit around me and like picked me up and helped me find all my bracelets. And they had been trampled on a little bit, but I found them all, and and I still have them to this day. And I can't, and I can't believe I have them because <laughs> I totally would have lost if it weren't for these kind people. And that's generally what I find in pits is that the people are so nice and. Yeah, another opportunity, um, I was at a, a show in San Diego, actually, and in the pit, somebody jumped from the stage and kicked me in the head, and I got knocked out, like, right there. <laughs> um, and I woke up, someone was, like, carrying me out of the pit, and already had, like, water for me and everything. It was just, like, ready to go, got me out, didn't get trampled on. I, like, landed on people, so I never hit the floor. It was amazing. It was, like... Best case scenario, people in the pit are just so friendly and genuinely kind and care about safety and respecting each other, even though it seems like a scary place to be. I think we're all understanding that we're there for the same reason and we're kind of just there to release and not hurt anyone. Wow, yeah, that I got chills a few times there. Um, that's exactly been my experience of the pit. I was almost going to ask you if, if, if you ever got picked up like that because I'm... I remember one time looking for someone's contact in the pit. Oh. That was fun. Um, <laughs> no. That was a great one. Um, did it we did. I think we found it. No uh, way. I don't, I don't know that it was clean or anything, but <laughs> I think we found it. Uh, but yeah, that, that feeling that you're in a certain amount of danger and everyone is out of control, but they're paying attention. Mm -hmm. And if someone went down, they'd pick them up. I'm just so glad you brought that up. That, that really is the key to the, the magic of the pit, is caring people, um, mm -hmm. looking out for each other. Wow. I uh, forgot about that whole... that so much. <laughs> yeah, me too. I, I, I haven't been in a pit like that in a long time. Because it's a real commitment. Usually if I'm with, if I'm with my girlfriend or, or anything, you know, it's like, is it worth it? It's going to be a whole thing. Maybe I'll get bruised up. But Am I wearing the right clothes? Right. That's the biggest thing. Totally. Am I wearing my docs or am I going to die? Right. <laughs> like, How much younger are these kids than me? Yeah. How much more stamina do they have and can I keep up? Exactly. <laughs> oh, so fun. What's your, this is a kind of a different angle. Um, your show's The Witching Hours. Uh, what's your relationship to witchcraft, magic, um, name of that show over over the last few years because I, I i feel like the relationship of the world to witchcraft over the last few years has has changed yeah definitely um, yeah what there's, do you think there's been an I, I like to call it like an urban outfitterzified <laughs> version of witchcraft which has brought a lot of people to the practice and i'm all for it you know um it's a great way to get into it and Obviously, our practice evolves as we grow and practice more, and uh, we become more responsible and ethical with our practices as well. So, I don't, I don't, you know, I'm all for this new movement. I, 
I'm not for this new age spiritual healer movement that's happening right now because it's I don't want to get into that but that that's pretty convoluted but um yeah I think a personal practice is really important and I grew up uh, ironically I grew up Roman Catholic going to Catholic school uh I've been baptized communionized ate the wafers and drank the grape juice it was or you know literally drank the punch I was pretty pretty into Jesus growing up and that was a big uh source of magic and appreciation of the world around me and you know once you start learning the history behind Catholicism I don't know personally for me it kind of turned me off to that and some pretty weird experiences in Catholic school just kind of like tied the knot off for me so I was looking searching for something that satiates that need to kind of look at the world with with magic that it's all beautiful meaningful creation everything's connected and all these wonderful elements of organized religion um and you know reading all this literature you get to form your own practice which i think is wonderful um the witching hour started because yeah i i guess i picked up that practice in high school slash i was like 14 when i started doing it my cousin from Argentina is really into witchcraft, Lorencia, and she, and she came to live with us for a summer and was like showing me pendulums and we would try to, you know, invoke ghosts and, you know, all this silly like preteen magic stuff. But it was enough to spark my interest. I think that plus uh, just understanding how powerful women are in in magic was what drove me to continue down that path as I was in my adolescence and trying to grow into myself. So the witching hours kind of came around that time. I went to college. Um, I had set up a little altar in my dorm room with my uh, very Catholic Korean roommate uh, who had to learn <laughs> a little bit about that too, about witchcraft and that it's not demonic and stuff, <laughs> which is pretty funny. Um, and the show, my first KXLU show was from 2 to 6 a.m. So doing that once a week for a few months kind of makes you go insane and you realize that not the best stuff happens around that time from 2 to 6 a.m. And so <laughs> I decided to call it the witching hours because that's when I was up. Um... But the thing evolved in its own way because the music became more focused in kind of like psychedelic witchy stuff. Uh, for a long time it was during the day, so it was rock and roll witchy stuff, like really like rock show. Um, but I've been able to dive more into this mature sound, which I really appreciate because it kind of mirrors how my practice has been maturing throughout my young adult life and into my mid-twenties. So. Uh, I feel like it still has relevance to me and I've never wanted to change the name because it just makes sense. <laughs> Beautifully said. Yeah, I really love what you said about um, the the merits of, of something like Catholicism in uh, giving the world that sense of meaning and that magical feeling. Um, I've kind of gotten a little more appreciation for that recently. 
I had a pretty powerful experience. I think it was two Easter's ago in Greece in this um, Eastern Orthodox church on Idra, um, tiny with these beautiful um, sculptures and paintings and architecture and this incense and sage and um, they were, you know, the Eastern Orthodox Church, they're, they're chanting, and I think ancient Greek, and wow. this mystical chanting, and it really took me there, and, and I, I hadn't appreciated those practices in a, a long time. Um, um, There's a lot of overlap, I and mean, anything that makes you participate in rituals or community is, I think, so important, or prayer or meditation, any kind of self-reflection uh, or processing of your life, those are any way you can do it I'm all for it whether it's organized or not absolutely I, f I feel the same way um, now earlier you mentioned that you're not used to being interviewed um, <laughs> and, and you might not know what to say um, I, I've come to doubt that but, um, <laughs> I can talk I, I yeah, can so talk. <laughs> coming together so beautifully um, but I'm very new to interviewing um, and I've been loving it this is my second interview and I never knew that this was this uh, shortcut to getting really deep with people I know. Yeah. Um, and I'm just having the greatest time. Um, would you have any advice on um, kind of getting to that special space you can get to in conversations when you have only a limited time with a guest? Ooh, that's really good. Um, I've definitely been thinking about that this past year because I've been conducting all of my interviews via Skype which normally would be in the booth face-to-face. -face. Um, so we really have limited time and interaction to warm up and kind of get into chatting. But I think, I think the most important thing I found is that it's when you're dealing with asking someone to be vulnerable, especially about how they express themselves or looking really deep into themselves as a person, just be vulnerable first. I don't know. Just offer up some information or uh, a story or even something about your day. Um, and that helps them feel like, okay, this is an open space. Like, I can say whatever and, and I won't be judged or I won't be, you know, looked at weird or... And, and you know, I've had luck. Most of my interviews have been amazing and people just talk and it's great. I don't have to do anything. <laughs> You just let them go off. Um, some of them are tougher. You have to kind of draw the answers out. You know, work a little harder to milk out the juice from the good juice, you know, from the brain. Um, and I really, I don't have any advice for that. I mean, yeah. we've all been in awkward conversations. You just kind of got to pull through. But you have to remember that as an interviewer, it's your job to like, make them sound smart and like they know what they're talking about so mm, it's makes sense. it's a tough push and pull it's a tough push and pull for sure no that's that's really helpful <laughs> um that's a a great tip about being vulnerable first um setting that kind of tone make sure we're, we're lucky because we're friends so yeah we know each other to a base and i never felt uncomfortable speaking with you but there are some people that that they are very closed off and it's really hard to draw out stuff from them but um the easiest way is just draw stuff from yourself first totally now that's a that's a great help um now this may be something you've been asked about a lot as well and feel free to pass but um 
I'll, speaking of vulnerability, um, <laughs> I was making a, a a big playlist the other day. It was a you know a kind of a psych playlist. Uh, I was sequencing sections of albums, mm. right? Kind of designed for a twelve-hour experience of some kind or other. Um, wow! And um, I went through it, and I, I was pretty happy. I, I tinkered. I did this and that, and I went back and I noticed that almost all the my selections were were men and were men fronted there were a couple of exceptions there was stereo lab in there and um there was a a couple other things but i just had this this realization that so much of i don't know bombastic psychedelic music hmm. um is uh associated with men written by men there are some great notable exceptions of course um You've been playing in uh, that space for as long as I've known you, and um, you've been advocating for 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 women and for women's um, interests for for femme um, representation in these spaces. Um, again, maybe you've been asked about this to death, but what are some of your findings? Um, what are some ways we can we can help facilitate uh, femme psychedelia? I love talking about this and, and what you described as an experience looking through your place and being like, oh, snap, I don't have any women. Or if I do, they're dead. Like, yeah. <laughs> they're like not alive anymore. Like, what am I doing here? I had that huge realization last year um, when I was like, I'm making these mindlessly. Like, you know, I'm making them based on sound and, and what I like and kind of flowing a playlist from sound to sound. And, and, yeah, the scene is completely saturated with white men fronted bands. Um, white cis men on top of that. So, yeah, it was like a huge wake-up call when I was being pushed all this content and and consuming all this content that I thought was diverse in sound, but in reality, it's not even diverse in conception. Uh, it's not even diverse in production. There's there's nothing new about it. It's just the same thing they were getting over and over again. Um, and I brought this up online a few times, which has been my favorite thing to do this past year is just kind of like feel out what everyone's thinking and start a conversation about this stuff and kind of get real life perspectives and not just my own, you know, uh, femme, femme perspective. But most females or femmes that I've spoken to don't even feel comfortable like trying to get into this scene. Uh, it's so dominated by white men that they don't even want to deal with it. They don't even want to jump in and be like, okay, hey, I'm new on the scene. Like, can you guys respect me? Like you respect everyone else. Like we already deal with that just playing in bands, you know? Um, and I've been added to bands as the chick before, as the girl. Like, and it's so obvious when that happens and you don't, sometimes you don't realize until you're actually like up on stage or you're making decisions about the music, but it's like on top of being a white cis male dominated scene, it's also dominated by people that are like pretending to care mm. and don't actually respect female musicians and push female musicians and book female musicians. And I mean, it goes all the way up and down the line from engineering to syndication so I think I think I don't really have a solution for that it's kind of a vicious cycle where 
were afraid to try getting into the psych rock scene. Um, and so we're kind of pushed into these more niche psych scenes, like ambient psych, which commercially doesn't get as much recognition. It makes sense. Um, but it's also pushing a lot of people that don't really want to do that into something that they feel more welcome in. And I mean this with femmes, with persons of color, like, I mean this with queer, my queer friends don't even feel comfortable, like, starting an all-queer shoegaze band. Like, are you kidding me? Like, that would never, like, they don't even want to deal with the kind of misogyny and, and homophobia that, that is embedded in the psych scene at this point. And I, and I don't just mean psych, I mean the entire music industry, but we're talking about psych. Um... So it's either going to take some really loud girls to push some people out or, you know, I think there's a big movement right now, too, to cut out a lot of the people in the industry that are toxic. And I mean that in, in the literal way, like they spit poison and then everyone around them is poisoned um, and they're just creating and perpetrating this, this culture of of misogyny and homophobia and racism and all this stuff that's been like so deeply brought in just because of the lack of diversity uh it's either going to take some really loud girls to push people out it's going to take some people being more accountable and it's going to take efforts on the on the parts of the venues uh the labels the booking agencies and the and the promoters you know you're gonna say you gotta start saying no to to the men simply because they are men and I hate to say this but if you really want diversity that means that you're gonna have to do the hard thing and say no to some people that you think deserve a shot but are not filling that role and not filling the representation because that's number one at the end of the day so I don't think a lot of these male-run venues and and labels and everything are ready for that um, unfortunately, but I'm seeing, I'm seeing a shift. I'm seeing a shift. I had a friend who was denied a job he was perfectly capable for, like a hundred percent, uh, or an acquaintance, I guess, because he was a man and they gave it to a femme person in North Carolina for a job based out of LA. So that goes to show they're going out of their way to make this a reality, you know, to be more inclusive. They'd rather do that than then, you know, go with what's comfortable. And, and it's an uncomfortable process. That's encouraging to hear. Um, how did your friend take it? He was down. Yeah, of course. He was like, I don't care. This is amazing. This is awesome. That's, that's, that's really nice to hear. Yeah. Yeah, it's a challenging problem. Um, yeah, you have it in um, dance music as well. Mm. But dance music is just so inarguably black and queer that, you know, at its roots, um, that it, it, it helps. When it gets hairy, you can just be like, guys, look at the roots of this. Like, yeah. let's, let's figure this out. Um, and I mean, that's, that's true of rock in a lot of ways, too. But that's, that's really interesting. I was uh, going to say, too, the, the roots of rock, you know, people are are exposing them more, their roots. They're looking at them and looking closely at them and, and appreciating them, not just the wonderful tree that's grown out of this movement, uh, but just rock in general and what it means and the counterculture that it was and 
and same with punk. Uh, I think a lot of the queer community feels safe in punk because of that. You know, it's Absolutely. it's anti, it's cool, it's counter culture, and and they feel welcome there. And it's it's a shame because <laughs> it's not counter culture anymore. You know, I know they've you know they right. should be more welcome everywhere else. This is not like a weird thing that the freaks and geeks like. You know, totally. This is, this is something that should be widespread. So. Yeah, I'm just hoping that we can see more of that in the psych scene and the ambient scene, and it's time. Yeah, it's time. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty hopeful about the future too. For some reason. Yeah. I don't know we got why. Got a nice reset this past year. Hopefully. Yeah. Can really take a step back and look at everything. Yeah, it seems like a lot of people uh, tried to learn an instrument in in core. So it'll be cool to see the bands in five years or whatever. You know. Yeah. True. Um, whole new generation of quarantine baby musicians exactly figuring out how to collab online who knows yeah um I want to talk a little bit about your visual art um I I kind of knew you first as a visual artist a photographer and um video artist um I'd love to see more video art from you it's been a while but um I'm gonna ask some some broad questions we can pretend it's a lightning round but sure it's really no limitation um in your visual world, um, what do you think the role that the feeling of glow plays in calling out the, 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 that transcendent experience? Ah, yes, the glow. The glow, the rainbows, anything spectral, bending of light, uh, just kind of makes it feel otherworldly or heavenly, if you will, if we're talking about our Catholic roots. Um, oh, yeah, totally. But I think it really is... Uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of people think I do a lot of psychedelics, like, every day. <laughs> which, which, thank you, I guess. Um, I, I, I don't. Uh, I, I just think that these, the art that, that I like to make um, can be confusing in that sense. But it's something that you would see when you're, you know, tripping on acid or on mushrooms. Um, the textures, sometimes the things are just reduced to a texture. And that's enough to feel something, you know. Mm. Uh, so that's kind of what I tried to bring out. The glow, the texture, the rainbow. Yeah, I got some oil on my glasses the other day. And suddenly the <laughs> world was, I, would, I had a kind of a spiritual experience. Like suddenly like light beams were doing these cool things. And, you know, anywhere, any light source was glowing. And it just... You know, I didn't wipe them off for a while. It was it was great. Like, I like this. Yeah. <laughs> Here's um, a little trick too. Um, if you lick your phone camera. A lick? Yeah. I haven't done that one. Lick or Vaseline is 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 the go-to, I guess. Yeah. The original, but you don't uh, always I have found Vaseline. that when you're in a pinch, uh, saliva will do just the trick on your phone camera. <laughs> oh, that's great. I don't great. recommend it on your nice lens, but. Right. <laughs> you mentioned it, but um, if I can ask again. What is it about rainbows? What is it about chromatic aberration, uh, iridescence? Um, <clears throat> Those are all great words. Yeah. I, I think it's really just bringing that otherworldly perspective. Um, something that you would see, you know, with some nice fun drugs or a really strong migraine. <laughs> um, just like <laughs> one or the other. Um, or nice rainfall. Yeah, it's, 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 it's your brain bending light and the way that the world is entering your eyes is 
uh, is fascinating to me. So bringing out the fun stuff uh, makes it feel more magical, you know. Beautifully said. Um, these are similar questions, but about music production. Um, what do you think the role reverb plays in transcendent music? <laughs> um, I think reverb is the same thing as glow. Um, if we're talking like that, everything is so wet. It's like it's in the bottom of the ocean. And that's what I like to listen to. Um, kind of this floating feeling, you know, make the room size up as high, as big as you can. If you're just sitting in a cathedral, if you could. Um, and maybe it is back to my Catholic roots. I haven't really taken that apart yet. Maybe I should. But uh, I think the size of a space lets you go into the world easier for sure there's more room to put yourself in there absolutely um that makes perfect sense when you say you wonder if it's your catholicism or is it that both you and catholicism are interested you know are interested in this thing which facilitates transcendence you know sure that's um, the point yeah <laughs> um not so different but Whenever I ask a different question, I get a great answer. <laughs> What's the role of pad sounds in transcendent music? Another wonderful element that I love to use. I don't really know much about production, but reverb and pads are like definitely my go-to if you couldn't tell. <laughs> um, I think pads create that warm undercurrent for music, um, which goes so hand-in-hand -hand with reverb, which I'm sure is why you thought about that question next but uh expanding the warmth and making it from like i like to i like to visualize it like okay when you're out in the world and listening to rock and roll or whatever and song flows like a river and so it goes in one direction right just like time and music um and it and it flows in one way and you might see some or hear some familiar things that you kind of place as landmarks in a song and and that's it then you end up in the ocean and that's the end of that experience and on to the next one um i think when you add pads and reverb you're expanding the basin of this river to like three dimensions or four dimensions instead so you have not just like one direction it's flowing uh you have this undulating undercurrent that's like expanding the size of this river that's carrying this music. Does that make sense? Perfect sense. <laughs> that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. It, it starts going into multi-dimensions instead of just one, you know, A to B direction. Sometimes I feel silly like I'm asking the same question 13 ways and then, <laughs> then I get an answer like that and all worth it. Um, <laughs> fantastic. Um, this is kind of a big one. Um, I'll ask it a few ways. Um, what do you think the transcendent experience points to? Um, what is the nature of transcendence trying to tell us? Um, my favorite way of putting it. If the transcendent experience is a compass, what's the north hmm. that it's kind of pointing us to? That's really cool. Um, I've also never thought about that like that. I, I suppose uh, from my personal experience with transcendence and... Um, trying to emulate that in my work 
I think a lot of it is with accessing a mind space where you can exit the body. Um, whether that's expanding your internal room, like, you know, leaving the boundaries of your body behind and kind of looking at your body image as this huge, never-ending thing, or, you know, uh, you're physically, literally traveling out of your body and, and seeing things from new angles and that kind of transcendence. I think everyone experiences it to some degree, um, either when we're really locked in on something that we're very passionate about or we're super at peace, whether it's in nature or with family or whatever brings you peace. Um, I think everyone, to some degree, experiences transcendence and whether they have the words to describe it or not is a totally separate thing. But it's a connecting, it's a universal thing, literally. It's something that everyone in the universe experiences and it also has to do with how we perceive the universe. So that's the goal, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Beautifully said. No, that's, that, that's fantastic. Um, you see if I missed anything I wanted to ask. The, I want to take a second to point out the incredible wildlife you have in your backyard there's oh like thank you four or five hummingbirds there's a mockingbird all the way at the top of that cypress yeah i saw a few blue jays earlier i mean it's just fantastic oh, we love it um the hummingbirds particularly are a treat there's there's a i think some hatched recently because there's like six or seven right now you'll yeah. see them flying around it um, must be it's really crazy. Um, they really love our, our, our honeysuckles and I think our jasmine as well. There's literally six six or eight of them here. It's crazy. It's really nuts. I've I try, never seen so many in one place. I try not to get used to it. <laughs> and, it, you know, it's hard to get used to them. They're so magical. They are. Um, they really are. Leah says they're associated with Hermes. Um, Mercury, yeah. Oh, little messengers. Yeah. Um, Squeaking some godly messages to us. I know, and they're surprisingly loud. I know, for so tiny. Yeah, now it's the best. My in Argentina, you uh, associate them with people who have passed away that are coming to visit, mm. kind of like guardian angel or something. Yeah. And they're so oh, joyful. That's and same with the mockingbird, actually, because I saw him. He was sitting up there at the top. They're associated with taking things less seriously and and having joy and experiencing joy and focusing on. Oh, I love that. Instead of, you know, sadness or whatever we can get stuck in. Yeah. Man, I love that. They, <laughs> they, they do that for me. I'm glad I'll be thinking of it a bit more consciously now. Yeah, you'll be thinking about it when he's screaming at the top of his lungs at three right. in the morning. <laughs> whatever sound he can find. Right. Like, this is usually their most active time. Uh, audience, that's, that's, that's why we're recording both outside and, and right now. Um, <laughs> Wanted to give you natural bird sounds. Um, so let's let's uh, let's wrap up with. Can you think of another uh, memorable story of of transcendence? Could be any time. Just a memorable story of one. Yeah. Um, I think uh, one of my first experiences with astral projection as a child which I didn't really realize was even astral projection or what I was doing until well into college actually I'd heard about it 
And I just assumed that was something that you did very actively and, you know, you literally felt yourself leave your body and you could see yourself from the top of the ceiling and you know, fly around your house and all this stuff, like, which people can do and that's amazing. But my experience with it was not like that at all. And I didn't realize for the longest time, um, which in itself is a really transcendent, wonderful moment to realize that something that you thought was normal is, is actually quite magical. Um, but that's beside the point. Um, I think that idea of expanding space, when I was very little, when I would be falling asleep, I'd imagine that I was sitting in a cathedral or like a huge room and I would do it without wanting to, like it was almost involuntary. I'd close my eyes and all of a sudden, you know, how you, you close your eyes and you can imagine and feel just, just from the air pressure, the size of the room and the atmosphere that you're in. And that would immediately just like slip out from under me and expand this huge, huge, huge room. And I, and it felt like a cathedral or something to me, a very vast space. Um, and I would sit there and I'd love it. I loved it. And sometimes I would feel really uncomfortable and I'd force myself to wake back up or come back to my body, if you will. Um, but I've been doing that my entire life. And I think that idea of uh, breaking down your, your body image and breaking down your body map, your internal mind map of where your body is in, in the space and time at all times, um, breaking that down and breaking down the barriers and having that kind of porous shell where you put your soul in, I think that... Mm that is something that you can't ever reverse once you go there um and learning to do it on purpose uh when I started getting into yoga in high school and in meditation um you really understand how powerful the brain is in our perception of reality you can completely alter everything um, even how you perceive where your body starts and ends, you know, the most basic thing that you learn as an infant, um, you can even change that. So I think that was a very transcendent realization for me, uh, that we are a being of energy that's constantly shifting and growing and altering. And sometimes we're more porous and sometimes we're less porous, but you need to understand the flow of your energy and the flow of your of who you are within your shell, not just your shell. Huh. Whatever you want to call it, your soul or your essence or your divine presence or whatever. <laughs> um, but I think once you tap into it once, you can't, you just can't go back. So that's Man. my biggest recommendation to everyone out there is get out of your body, <laughs> get out of your mind and explore a little the other dimensions that you can find because it and it's never the same experience for everyone so just because you're not floating around the room it doesn't mean that you're not doing it uh so reach out to people and how they experience it you might find connections to your experience as well wow incredible um <laughs> explain so much uh Man, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be meditating on that one. Um, <laughs> Literally, incredible. Thank you so much for being here, Marina. Um, 
Thank you. We're going to have some links for Marina at not-real.net. Um, but are, is there anything in particular that you want to point people towards? Um, yeah, if you're if you're interested in any of the playlists that I make, uh, they're once a week. They're also on 88.9 FM uh, from 10 to midnight on Thursdays. If you're in LA or KXLU.com, if you want to listen live, if you're into that. If not, I have probably like four years worth of playlists on the website, thewitchinghours.net. So feel free to check that out if you want to explore some sounds or whatever. But Fantastic. Yeah, thank you to Tim. This has been a really fun experience I've, i never get to be interviewed so yeah <laughs> hope i didn't talk too much <laughs> well that's that's not gonna last long I'm, I'm i'm glad you got some practice here um yeah thank thanks so much marina um and also check out check out uh the video for naissance incredible video i think it'll be up on not not dash real dot net oh, yeah. 360 cg wild stuff um it'll help you transcend for sure i guess i, I forgot one thing i do need to yeah please I, it's kind of new to me to do this in the first place but um i have an album that's coming out <laughs> may, wow may 14th I, I forgot i probably should talk about that um but it's my first full album as dream crease so it's an ambient record and it's coming out on mutation records may 14th as part of this compilation there's three albums on there um by winter samira and ashy of hot mt so it's a really fun compilation of femme ambient artists um these are all our debut records as our ambient uh band or project name so it's it's an exciting time for us and if you want to pre-order the tapes, you can now. Um, or I guess by May 14th, the whole thing will be out digitally too. So check it out. Amazing. <laughs> we'll have we'll have links to that too. Um, thank plug, you so much again, up. Rina. <laughs> thank exactly. you. Exactly. Plug it up. Um, and 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 thanks to you all for listening to Not Real FM. Um, stay locked. And enjoy another hour of hot dance music. Wasn't that a wonderful interview with Marina? We had the greatest time. Just a wonderful afternoon. Distance in the backyard. Something about recording outside, um, I wasn't able to really monitor just because of the way we had it set up. So I was just kind of listening to the birds and the chimes and the cars being too loud and the planes being too loud. It was pretty amazing. It really called my attention to the detail of all those sounds. It felt like I was a microphone. Very sensitive microphone, you know? Really though, it was um, striking. Set up, a, set up a mic outside and like, I don't know, think of some application for it. And I think you'll, you'll see what I mean. Anyways, yeah, we got some high-energy dance music here, so it's pretty freaking sick, I must say. Kicking it off, we've got a new one from Machine Woman. Oh, wait, this is a really long title. Let me pull it up. Going to Lytle with my... Band bottles, our eyes met in the cheese aisle, the heavy breathing mix.
So stay locked and enjoy Not Real FM.
That last one was new from Natlek. It's called Never Just These Things. It's kind of a nutty one, huh? I like that one. It goes. This is a new one from Anunnaku. It's called Luminosa. I'd like to hear this one on a system. I think you'll hear why right here on Not Real FM.
isn't that a fun one that one's new from shasha kimbo and rack it's called go to mars and this is a new one called cinetique from Jinji. Jinji, longtime um favorite of mine but on to Jinji, i think by um by visions fka rascal aka jeremy raskin this one's really kind of nutty i feel like you got a new synth or something maybe she i don't know Jinji actually anyways enjoy here Jinji cinetique on not real fm
Alright, I'm afraid things are getting quite serious. Last one's new from Anne's. It's called Morphing Into Brighter. This is the loudest woyoy ever from Breka and Fraser Ray. Yeah, Fraser Ray. On Not Real FM.
Oh yeah. Last one's new from Adam Pitts. It's called Gaza. Two Z's in there. Big wobbly number that. And this is new from, I'd say maybe the current GOAT, India Jordan, only said enough right here on Not Real FM. I told you, it's getting serious now. Just you wait. Last one's new from Ty Modica. It's called Incoherent Death Experience, the Iron Mix. 
and this one's new from um and this one's new from Voiski and had one had one i think it's had one it's on the edge of adhesion big monstrous vibes right here on not real fm where we're exploring transcendence through music and thought.
Come on, isn't this a bit ridiculous? new from a sagittarian it's called annihilating rhythm that's just a ridiculous song man come on get out of here with that this is new from emmanuel it's called track one off oh, i think it's stealth too it's a wonderful ep check it out last few tracks here are pretty nutty stay locked and enjoy not real fm
Last one's new from Hapa, it's called Fever. This is a new one from Sun People, it's called Transitions. Great fan of this tune. Fast and crazy, this one. Last last couple tunes here, thanks for listening. And enjoy Not Real FM. does it for us here today thank you so much for listening to not real fm thank you so much to marina for the beautiful performance and interview and thanks for listening to not real check out not-real.net
tell your friends about exploring transcendence through music and thought with your good friend youth and send in um whatever you want got not real fm at gmail you got a rant or a recommendation or little audio clip whatever you want to share i'll throw it up here maybe on the website too so just um Reach a tendril out and say hello to Not Real FM.